0: Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influencers Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influencers.church. And now for our message. The start of this year, I decided it's time to go back to playing basketball. Now, as I got to 40, there's a couple deliberate things I've done, I've, I've tried to just add some things in my life, take some things from my life, choose who I want to be in this next season of my life. And you get busy, you know, when you have kids and you're you leading a church and you're just doing life. Life, life. Life's busy. It's busy for all of us. And sometimes you end up doing all the things you have to do, but not the things you want to do. And I've Got a great life. I love my family. I love my kids. I love taking them to their sport and their parties and their school events and their activities. And basically, I'm an Uber driver, and and I love it. And but I do. But I realised, actually, looking back, I really enjoyed playing hoops. So I decided oh, I'm going to join a basketball team. And so I went to the to the shed. And I say it's a shed, but really it's the garage because I don't have a shed. And 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 I got out the basketball, and. I looked, got it out and I and and had the shape, it had the form, it had the look. You would have said, like, this is a basketball ready to go. Except the moment I went to use it, it's actually lost its bounce. It's actually, so I looked into it and I applied pressure to it. I realised it lost some of its air. We say it this way, it's lost some of its breath. And, and, and I realised that while it had the form of a basketball, it no longer had the power thereby. It just had gotten flat. It's not that it did anything wrong. It wasn't necessarily from overuse, just sometimes things get flat. If I'm honest, if I get to the start of this year and after, you know, you, you, you walk through the last few years that we've all walked through as, as just Australians and and Humans and Omicron and all those things. And, you know, you, you, it's easy to get tired and weary just just doing life, leading a home, leading a marriage. And I know for, for myself trying to, you know, lead the church through this season, it's been, it's been my privilege, but also wearisome. And, and I got to the start of this year, and if I'm honest... While I had faith and I had vision, and you might look and say, "Hey, Josh, you've got the you've got the form of godliness. You've got like you know you 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 look like a like you're doing well. You've got you're full of bounce. You're full of energy. You're but if when I had pressure applied and when I examined myself, to be honest, I just felt flat. Because say today, it, it, when we get to this moment, it's it's not that necessarily we need revival or renewal because we've done something wrong and maybe we make mistakes I think God understands he knew that's why he has grace but if we're honest sometimes just the air gets taken out of us and not because of any fault of our own time goes on and we need reviving because we get flat have you ever been to the ocean A- and you've gone and you- We you have I think most of us and uh, if not This afternoon, and uh, and you're in the ocean, and you and you're just out there, and and you know it is. To over time, you just look back and you look for where your towel is, and then I'm looking for where Shan's is, and I can't see Shan's or my towel, and I think, great, she's run off with all of my money, and then I realise she won't get far. That's fine. uh, There's not a lot. And 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 it goes, where's my stuff? And then you realise, oh, I've drifted. And you do nothing wrong to drift. You just naturally, when you're out there, you drift. So you make a decision. At some point, I have to get back to where I once was. At some point, when I get a little bit flat, I have to realise by no fault of my own, maybe I need life to come into me again. I need breath to come into me again. The truth is all of us at some point with our walk with Jesus, we'll get flat. In some area, and your area might be different to someone else's area, but the life to the full, if we're honest, not all of our areas with walking with Jesus are full. And if we're honest, we drift. And we're reading this quote together this week uh, as a team, and D.A. Carson says this, I think it's really powerful. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to Scripture, faith and delight in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and we call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and we call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and we call it faith. Uh, we cherish the indiscipline of lost self control and we call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and we delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. And we slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves that we've been liberated. For and we're following Jesus and we're doing life. There are areas of our life and it might be our prayer and it might be our faith and it may be the Word, it may be our worship. It may be just gathering together with the saints. It may be even some of those truths that we once held to that now we've let go of and we live a little more free that we actually look back and if we were to see those markers where we once were, if we were to look back to first love, if we were to say, that's where I've got to get back to, I find that I've drifted. So what, this is, what we need to do is we need revival. What revival is, is a revival is an awakening of things that's gone to sleep. It is a reviving of things that have died. It's a renewing of things that's been neglected. It's a return to first love. A a revival is more than a meeting. A revival is more than an encounter. A revival is a spirit and a hunger that says that there has to be more and I want God to start that in me. I believe that God is calling us to be a community of miracles and revival, amen? And when I think of that miracle and revival, and I'm certain when God pictures miracles and revival, He's not picturing a preacher and He's not picturing a meeting. I believe it's individuals that are walking in personal revival and the supernatural, miraculous power of God in their everyday life. And when we gather together, we encounter the presence of God in a meeting, but that's not the highlight of it. The highlight is that this is merely an overflow of what God's... Been doing in my life every day, and for the new or those that need to be renewed, this is the invitation for you today. But it has to start in your home, has to start in your home. So, let me read something which some of our dream team heard me share the other day. And I know you're going to be more faith filled because this has started in your life because you've heard it. So, join me. It says in Joshua 24, we pick this up the last chapter of Joshua's life, and scripturally. Um, he's looking back and he hasn't got much more time to make change. So it's now or never. And if we're honest, then we're about to see the Scripture, the world around him have drifted. His family, his people have drifted and they've become more like the world they live in. And Joshua says this, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, this is key, then choose. Say it with me. Choose. Today is merely an invitation for you to choose. Today if I can you choose. In the last few years as we walk through church keep it up on the screen for me we've you know we've we've asked and we've invited and we've begged and we've said whatever come on God's got more but you know what it comes to a point where every person for you and your house you've got to choose. He said then choose for yourselves. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the ancestors that serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whom land you are living. But as for me and my house, everyone say my house, we will serve the Lord. It is a generational declaration that Joshua was not gonna keep his private life private. He's saying what I'm gonna do in private, I'm telling everyone publicly, because you're gonna have to make a decision for your home. I've gotta make a decision for my home. They've gotta make a decision for their home. Ultimately, you get to choose whether you drift, whether you get flat or you get the breath of life back in your house when it comes to the things of God. But Joshua's saying, do whatever you would do. But for me and my house, because it starts in, my house, it doesn't start in the temple. It doesn't start in the corporate. It starts in the individual. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. If we're gonna see revival take place, it has to happen in your home. Has to happen in my home. That's why this month is not a month of meetings. It's a month of encounter. It's a month of fasting. It's a month of your home. So he says this, we will serve. Everyone say serve. Serve. Now, you don't understand the language and the words that this is written here in Hebrew. So we'll put it on the screen. That word serve is the word abad. That word abad is the word cultivate. So if you understand, he's not just saying, I'll come to the house of God and serve. He's talking about his house. Now, that word cultivate, if you were to plant a fruit-bearing tree, you would cultivate the soil. You would labour on the soil. You would prepare the soil. Let me use an example that's more close to home for me. I've got this wonderful meat smoker and someone might think, oh, good for you. Put the meat on and all of a sudden you've got beautiful smoked meats. No, the truth is what I have to do is I have to cultivate the the the, the, the charcoal. I've got to prepare the meat. I've got to go in there and there's ash from the last season that I've got to get rid of. There's some... There's some charcoal that's no good for this next season, so I've got to get rid of it. I've got to find the right size pieces of charcoal. I'll go and pay for good charcoal to put at the bottom of this. I'll get the right type of wood that I want to get the smoky sensors from. I've got to set the right type of fire. I've got to let it sit for maybe an hour before I even start cooking to get the temperature right. What am I doing? I'm thinking right now about meat, but let me come back. What am I actually doing? I'm cultivating in an environment where I can have something that's juicy and life-filled and and, and tasty but it doesn't just happen. I can microwave it and hope that I'll get something quickly or I can cultivate it and I can have something that's better. What Joshua is saying is that as for me and my house, I am going to not just hope my family serves the Lord. I'm not just going to hope my kids follow Jesus. I'm not just going to hope all of a sudden my walk with God comes to life. No, I'm going to an environment where the Lord is. Does that make sense? And ultimately he's going, for you and your family, you can choose too. And this is, let make, make it simple. You can choose to or choose not to. It's your choice. Now, when we think of our English language, a lot of our English language comes from Latin. So now let me show you, if you look at this word cultivate, the word cultivate comes from the word color might be saying it wrong, but it's similar. Kalor, right? Now, this word, kalor, is where we get the root word for culture. Now, what, is, what we understand here, got gonna put this now to, if we get all the proper English to this. He is saying, me and my house, if we say it in the best English we can, we're gonna have a culture of the Lord. And that word culture comes from something you deliberately and intentionally create. So have you ever gone into someone's house and you're like, well. I don't know what it is, but that house just had bad culture. (laughs) But you go into someone else's house and you you can't define what it is, but you're like, wow, I love the culture of that house. You ever had it in your workplace? you worked somewhere where they've had poor culture and you couldn't put your finger always on it, but you just knew something wasn't right. But there was another place, hey, you'd work there even if it was less pay or, or, or maybe less opportunity. But man, I love the culture of that place. What that means is that that didn't accidentally happen. Someone had to cultivate. Someone had to create. A culture in a home is a knowledge that's passed down. It's a way of life. It's a belief. It's an intentionality. Culture Comes from three things. I talked to our staff about this and other churches about it. Culture comes from three R's what you repeat, what you reject and who you relate to in your home what you repeat will create a culture of that in your home and what you reject will protect your home and who you relate to will give an example for your home you have to be deliberate in what you repeat in your home reject in your home I mean do we repeat the word or do we we repeat Netflix do we reject gossip or do we reject the things of God ultimately we all choose Nothing accidentally happens, and if it does, again, when it comes to culture, there's three types of people people that make things happen, people that watch things happen, and people that go, What happened? And in your home and your walk with God, you get to be one of three people. You are the, when it comes to culture, because Joshua's saying, as for me and my house, we're going to cultivate a culture of the Lord. But you've got to choose. Either you'll be someone that makes things happen. You'll be someone that watches things happen and it is what it is. Or one day you will look back and go, what happened? And as for me and my kids, I don't want to one day say what happened. And I don't wanna sit back and say, oh, let's just see what happens. I've gotta be responsible for your walk in your young age and in your more mature age. We get to make a decision that we have to choose whether we cultivate a culture of the Lord because revival is more than a meeting. A revival is a day-to-day decision that doesn't start here. It starts in your house. And I believe with all of my heart, you can choose to have a culture of revival in your marriage. You can choose to have refreshing in your home. I believe you can choose the type of of, of environment you have in your family. I believe that we can choose renewed holiness. I believe that we can walk in evangelism. I believe the things that have gone to sleep can wake up again if you choose. I believe the things that you think have died can can come to life again. but ultimately it comes to a point, and normally we do this early in the year, but it is what it is, and now we are where we are. We either just drift, or we watch where the world's going, or we make a decision. As for me and my house, I'm going to have a culture of the Lord. I mean, otherwise, sometimes we, yes, we can put on the facade, and when we come to church, we've got all the form, but we know there's a culture clash when I go into my house. You can look good here, but no, we don't feel good at home. You can worship here, but no, there's no worship at home. And ultimately what happens is you'll never be whole because there's a culture clash. You know when a, a young couple gets married and they come from two to, the first year of marriage is often the hardest, right? It doesn't have to be, but it often is. Why, why is that so? It's because you come from one culture and your partner comes from another culture, and then you've got to bring those two cultures together, and there's culture clash. Because this is why if you're getting married... Some people spend so much time, energy and money on the wedding day but they haven't prepared for the marriage that's going to go for the rest of their life and you have a wedding day that looks beautiful and it's got the form of a healthy marriage but the days after you know what it is to clash because there's two cultures in the home. This is why you do pre-marriage counselling. This is why you need people that you relate to, not just repeat and reject but relate to because in your early years of marriage it won't be perfect but watch when your two cultures align. It's why you don't let things just drift. It's why if you've been married for years and maybe you feel like you're drifting apart, you get to choose what kind of culture you're going to have in your marriage. You get to choose what kind of culture you want to have around your kids and you fight for that culture because when those cultures come into alignment, like a marriage that two cultures come into alignment, watch the marriage heat up. And it's the same when it comes to God, is that when you have a home walk that matches your church walk, all of a sudden your walk with God begins to heat up because they're the two environments He planned to walk hand in hand together. You see, I can today get the hose out and just spray everyone, but I'd rather be a little sprinkler, a bit of an invitation because we don't want just to have a moment, We we want Okay, and this, this meeting and our church meetings should be a public expression of our private devotion. <laughs> it's not about today, it's about tomorrow. It's about what you do and when you choose, when you go home. See, even for Jesus, they would say, where's revival? Is it Toronto? Where's revival? Is it in Africa? Where's revival? It's in this church And I believe that there's been moments, beautiful, incredible moments of revival that, by the way, didn't happen because of a preacher. It happened because people prayed on their knees before it happened. It happened in homes and it happened in people deciding. You look at the revivals that happened in the past, I don't have time to show you today. I can show you about three or four revivals that happened straight after a pandemic because people got so done with where the world was going. They just got on their knees and had private revival that turned into a public one. But they would say to Jesus too, the disciples, "Uh, when is your kingdom coming? We see this in Luke 17. When's your kingdom? What are they asking for? They're asking for revival. They're asking for change. They're asking for renewal. And, And Jesus says, they can't say, here it is, or there it is. Because people want to go, that's revival, that's not revival. No. He says, you see, the kingdom of God is within you. Do you know what that means? Within you, as we go to to the Greek now, that's the word entos. And that word entos means in the midst of. You see, revival happens in the midst of your family. Revival happens in the midst of your home. Revival happens in the midst of breakfast. Revival happens in the midst of your morning. Revival happens in the midst of where you are. See, God doesn't want you just to come to where revival is. He wants to have and dwell in the midst of you. He wants to be in the midst of your conversation. I believe that you can see revival in the midst of your house each and every day the keys can come. So let me just challenge you on some, because can I say, your area that you need fresh air and breath will be different to someone else's. But I can guarantee in this room, we all need reviving in some area. So if we can just posture ourselves there and not say, no, I've got it there, I've got it there, and I've got it here. No, just for whatever it is for you, just simply say, here I am. Position yourself. We'll see what God can do. Can I ask, firstly, about the Word? Let's start with worship. You know, we're about to worship in a second. And and I say, if if this is the only worship you have, then it will never satisfy. Sometimes people say, I didn't get much out of worship today. I can almost guarantee guarantee that means they didn't worship at home during the week. See, what we come in here to do corporately as we join voices and lift up the name of Jesus is actually not for us but it's in a private worship and devotion in my house that I actually see breakthrough in that has overflowed during the week. As for me in my house, I've chosen to have worship. First thing in the morning, I've set my alarms, my sound, my speakers that first thing in the morning, seven o'clock to wake up my boys, I put worship on in my home. I wake up, the boys wake up to worship. Why? Because one, they're gonna fight me when I wake them up for school again. I'm hoping it helps me a little. But more so, I want them to wake up and the first thing they hear in the morning and the first thing they experience is the presence of God. It's a choice. I just had to choose. What, a, what about the Word? Yeah, I don't, read the, I don't read the Word for you. I have to read the Word for me. But it's so easy to drift and read for you. But you should only ever receive the overflow of what God's doing for me personally. As for me in my house, if the Word is the seed, how's the soil? Am I cultivating and making room for the seed to... You know, not every time you read the Word, you're going to get something. If I just take the example Jesus gave us of the seeds, only one in four landed. And He didn't say that was a problem. He just said, make sure that one in four really grows. And sometimes reading the Word's not always going to have something that sparks life that you're aware of, but maybe it goes in soil we never even realised Again, in the car, I've made a decision. More often than not, when we're in the car, my boys, when I'm driving them to school, I have the Bible on. Again, there's, much, there's things they would rather listen to. I grew up with my mum and dad playing the Bible when I went to sleep, and I hated it. And now I've become them. <laughs> and the circle is complete. But why? Because they want to, and, and, you know, by the end, we'll get near school and they'll put Planet Boom on they'll put something but I want them to get the word in their spirit and I don't know if it all connects but the other day I'm putting Jack to bed and he just, uh, just asked me a question what's all that shundaba 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 doing how do, I, how do I do that that you're praying I just want an environment where making a decision where they can come and ask As for me in my house I want a culture of the Lord and I say to a younger generation okay. it's not enough to just have read the word or You've got to hear the Word. You've got to read the Word. You've got to study the Word. You've got to memorise the Word. And then it will engraft into you. If you don't memorise the Word, you won't have a weapon to use when the enemy comes against you or when you need to walk in authority. You have to memorise Scripture. And for some of us older generation that's memorised Scripture, because our parents put it in the back of our toilet door, or or we had to read for this amount of time before we went to bed, or because kids' church taught us. Because we learnt it years ago doesn't mean we shouldn't be memorising a new Scripture now. Because I believe that we can revive that hunger for the Word afresh by choosing. Because as for me in my house, I want the Word of God. What about generosity? What's that got to do with it? It's got heaps to do with it. The Scripture is the story of generosity. So have you cultivated generosity in your life? Sharns and I years ago decided that in our house, we get our, our money and we... Give what the Lord, is, give the Lord what's His and put away for school fees and, and a mortgage and all the rest. But we've also got a generosity account. That at any opportunity where God shows us, we've got an option for generosity. My boys, when they do their jobs, they get pocket money and I make them split up tithes, savings, spending and generosity. That's the one they fight me on the most, but also love the most when they get to use it. Why? I'm not saying I've got it all together. I'm just choosing for me and my house, what kind of culture am I going to have? And then when I see that, I have no problem when I see generosity in the church because the two cultures come together. What about prayer? We're going to pray for you today. For every person in this prayer we're going to pray is not just the beginning prayer. It's not like we're going to get here and start revving up the lawnmower cord. trying to No, we've been praying, we've been praying all weekend, ready to go. So we're going to go in the overflow of just praying the anointing. That's why we won't have to pray in for long for you. Because we've been in this flow. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to touch you straight away. So I, I, personally, I try to pray in tongues every day. Because even if I don't get just devoted, lengthy time with God, my spirit is connecting with His Spirit. That's for me and my house. As for me That's for you and yours. What are you choosing in these areas? Come on, stand to your feet with me. Let me finish with this and then we'll just make room for Him. What about His presence? Now, I know you know. I know you know. And again, find which of these is for you. But I know you know God is present in your home. But do you make room to sense His presence in your home? Psalm 139 says, where can I go from His Spirit? I don't wanna leave from His Spirit here and go to a place where He's not or where I don't sense Him. Where can I flee from your presence? There's one thing to know the Spirit, but there's another thing to know the presence of the Spirit. So the question is, do I come in today into the presence of God and then walk out and carry my frustrations? Do I leave here and pick up my frustrations, my annoyances, my complications, my disappointments? Well, we make a decision that every day we're cultivating, and this is, this is the invitation of this month, to cultivate a culture of the presence of God in your home afresh. You can have, that's me in my house, I want the presence of God. I choose to have the presence of God in my home. I choose to have the presence of God in my car. Choose to have the presence of God around your dining table. Choose to have the presence of God in your meetings. Choose to have the presence of God in your conversations. Choose to have the presence of God in your disagreements. I'm not saying you don't do life. I'm just saying, what's the environment of your home? Because that's where revival will start. We're going to have these encounter nights on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And can I say, I know you're busy, us too. But it'll never happen if you never prioritise it and choose So we're having a couple nights and one internally and one we're bringing Corey in just to flow in the prophetic and we're going to pray. And that may be the spark for you of what you take home. But I'm also praying because I know there's some great people that love the presence of God. You're going to bring it with you and you're going to help others to encounter. This is how the church works. One sparks, one gives. But together we can walk in revival. I mean, look at David. David had disappointments like you and he had discouragement like you and he had misunderstandings and misjudgments like you and he had mistakes like you. But a fundamental thing for David's life was that he 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 yearned for the presence of God. It's like, like as the deer pants and a, a day with you or a moment with you is better than a thousand anywhere else or, or just to be a doorkeeper. I mean, he understood what it was just to say, whatever's going on, all I want is to be in your presence. I mean, Moses who had Responsibility like you and pressure like you and failure like you said, he said, what said, don't let your presence, don't let us go without your presence. He said, he said, let your presence just pass me by. Whether it's watching online right now, you get to make a decision. You have to be in the room. You can Have His presence in your home right now. And whether you're in here and you didn't even want to be here, but you made it here, you can choose if you have the presence of God in your home. We read before that Jesus say the presence of God would be in the midst of you. In Psalm 22 verse 3, it says He inhabits, He inhabits the praises of His people. That means when you look at the language there, it means He comes and makes it His home. He inhabits, He dwells in. What He wants is that He wants to have a home in your home. He doesn't want you to just come to His house. He wants to have a home in your home. You need to make an environment where the Holy Spirit is comfortable to dwell and speak and love and minister comes and sits on and rests in and then we make room for His presence. God won't just have a part of your life, but He'll have all of you and then every part of you begins to revive. And just like I saw before, like I have the form, I have the feel, I have the look, but I know when pressure comes, there's breath that's missing. I believe this month and through this year, new breath and new life and the Spirit renewed will come into you in your house. And then when we see that happen in the home We see it happen in the church. Watch it begin to heat up. Watch revival come and breathe. But it starts today. You get to choose. You get to choose. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about him, he loved you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life you know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.